everyone. This is Amy Hill. Thanks for tuning in to Amy on the Hill, a podcast born out of Jesus's teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, which says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. everyone. This is Amy. Thanks for tuning into episode two of Amy on the Hill. I'm glad you came back. If you listened in last week, you'll remember we talked about how I hope we can use this podcast to communicate and connect with others who share our faith. And today I want to talk about some of the personal reasons I felt compelled to start this podcast. And in particular, I want to discuss Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16, which are three verses that really inspired me to step out and do this. But before we get started again, I'd like us to pause so we can open in prayer. Lord God, thank you for who you are and thank you for how you love us, God. I I come to you today and ask, Lord, that you would work through this podcast, um, that you would use this podcast to draw each one of us closer to you, and God, that we'd also be drawn closer to each other, Lord. We are here Uh, in order to connect around the truth of your word, in order to grow in our understanding of who you are and in our relationship with you. So I pray that you would accomplish that today. Um, That's something that I can't do uh, in myself. That's only a work that can be done by your Holy Spirit. So I offer uh, these next 30 minutes or so up to you and, and ask that you would work in each one of our hearts according to your will and for your glory. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so last week, I promised that this week, one of my best friends, Kelly, would be joining me to discuss Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. But... Kelly's not here. Sorry about that, friends. Little bait and switch there. Lord, in with Kelly and then stick you with another week of me. No, no, seriously. Um, Kelly should be here next week. I'm hoping uh, that she and I can discuss some easy tips that we've used um, to incorporate more life-giving habits into your day-to-day, so you'll definitely want to tune in for that, but this week, stuck with me again. Um, I do think it's going to be good, though. I've had to fight through a lot, good and bad, uh, to get here. I've had to learn to distinguish truth from lies. I've had to fight my own pride and fear. And I want to talk about some of that today. But to start us out, let me read for you uh, the passage that we're going to be looking at today from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
Okay, so I'm really excited to discuss these verses, but before we get into it, I have to admit yet again that I'm still kind of adjusting to talking to you through a microphone. Um, I know it isn't, but it still feels a lot like I'm talking to myself, so I'm still getting over that. Still super awkward. Uh, It's like, it's reminding me of like when you love a sitcom that gets syndicated and you watch back those initial episodes and the characters are all weird and super awkward with each other and like there might be like a random character that just like disappears on the third episode. That feels like um, the phase I'm in here on the podcast. I'm still totally getting comfortable with this. So thanks for hanging in there with me as I continue to adjust. Okay, got that out of my system. Back to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. As I've mentioned, these verses were very significant in helping me to start this podcast. Um, I don't know if this happens to you, but a lot of times in my life when God is working something out in me, it's like the same verses or biblical truths start turning up everywhere I go. So I might be at church on Sunday and the message is about that thing. And then I might be reading a book that starts getting into that same thing. It might come up in a conversation with a friend. It might come up in my Bible reading. It might come up in a sermon I listen to online. Again, it's like everywhere I go. And that's basically what happened to me with these verses. The message being communicated here was being communicated to me at every turn. So it wasn't always specifically Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16, but it always seem to relate to that. And I think it all kind of came to a head for me when I read a tweet um, from one of my favorite Bible teachers, Beth Moore. On November 11th, Beth Moore tweeted something that basically said, quit hiding. You were meant to be mighty. I'm going to read it to you again. Quit hiding. You were meant to to be mighty. And when you hear that, you might be like, eh, who cares? But I don't know. For me, this just like hit me between the eyes in a way that I can't explain. Like it was directly God's word for me in that moment. And if you look on the calendar, or I'm sure you probably remember, this wasn't a long time ago, November 11th was an especially tumultuous time in our country. This was right after the election of Donald Trump, and I'm sure um, you guys, my listeners, have all different opinions about that. I definitely don't want to get into a political discussion today. Of course, you know, that's not to say that political discussions are not important or needed. It's just not the focus of today's discussion. The reason I mention this is because at that time, the thing that became very clear to me was that so many of my friends were hurting, really hurting. And I'm not just talking about the friends who voted against Donald Trump or for Donald Trump. It seemed to me that every one of us was hurting in some way or another, some definitely more than others, but anyone whose heart was remotely open to the people around them could not help but be affected by grief to some degree. And I think... A lot of that was because everyone was divided. 
even the church, even the church was torn. And I'm not saying, you know, there weren't or aren't justifiable reasons for that. I'm just telling you what I was observing, you know, like where I was and where I am. Because if I'm honest, and this was more online than in person, but I just saw people like mauling each other with their words. And honestly, I just wanted to hide away. Like I definitely didn't want to step into the middle of anything I saw happening. And I still, I still kind of don't really want to do that. But despite like this instinct to want to hide the verses from Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16 seem to start playing on like a mental repeat in my mind. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before others. Or as Beth Moore put it, quit hiding. You were meant to be mighty. And friend, if you are in Christ, you are also the light of the world. You are also directed by Jesus to let your light shine before others. You need to quit hiding. You were meant to be mighty. And today, we're going to talk about what that means to be the light, what that doesn't mean, why it's hard, and even why why it's exciting. Because, listen, John 1.5 says in the New Living Translation, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty exciting. If you didn't know this, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16 are a portion of Jesus' teaching in his famous Sermon on the Mount. So these verses come pretty much at the beginning of his sermon. He opens by teaching through the Beatitudes, and right after that, he gets into this idea that we're the light of the world and we're to let our light shine before others. So this is pretty important. Uh, Again, Jesus is saying this pretty much at the outset of his sermon here. So today, I want to answer these questions. Why does Jesus have to tell us to let our light shine? Why did he have to tell us this? If we're light, why wouldn't we just naturally do our job and shine? And I came up with three answers There may be more, but I came up with three answers that are at least relevant in my life, and I want to discuss those today. So the first answer I came up with as to why I haven't always just naturally let my light shine is that at times, I myself have lacked the light. If you're listening and you hear, you know, you're the light of the world, but you think, Well, that's all well and good, but I don't have any light to give. If these are the kind of thoughts you're having, you're actually tapping into some truth because what you're tapping into here would be an awareness that, again, though Jesus calls us the light of the world, we aren't the source of that light in ourselves. We are light only if we have the light of Christ within us. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus taught of himself saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So to be the light of the world, to have light to shine, we've got to have Jesus and not just know about Jesus, not just like Jesus as a good 
teacher or a prophet, but we've got to follow Jesus. We've got to submit to Jesus as Lord of our life. We've got to turn and embrace Jesus as Savior. So for most of my life, I didn't have any light to give. So I wasn't the light of the world because I wasn't walking in the light. I don't think any of you out there are interested in listening to or participating in a podcast about my personal opinions on how to live your life. And you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be because who cares what I think? What is powerful is when we allow the light of Christ and the truth of his word to be our light. Again, John 8, 12, Jesus taught he is the light. And similarly, the truth of his word gives us light. Psalm 119 verse 105 says of God's word of the Bible, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Again, that was Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And Proverbs 623 says, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. So though Jesus calls us the light of the world, we aren't the source of that light in ourselves. We are only the light if we have the light of Christ within us, which is the Holy Spirit and the word of truth. So in other words, you know, we can't just go making up our own random philosophies and approaches to life and then trying to pass that off as light. That is not light according to the teaching of Jesus. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. So to be light, we've got to have light, and the source of light is Jesus. The second reason why I didn't always just naturally let my light shine was apathy. For so much of my life, I failed to appreciate why light is so important. I didn't understand how much the light of Christ actually helped me to live more fully, and I didn't appreciate how desperately the people in my life needed the light to thrive. I don't think it's any coincidence that God uses the word light to describe the impact that Jesus, his word, and his people have on the world. I believe the use of the word light is completely intentional. And we can think about the qualities of ordinary light as we consider the benefits of walking in the light of Christ. I think there's so many great parallels there. For instance, ordinary light overtakes darkness. Darkness cannot overtake light. So think about walking into like a dark room and turning on a light. The darkness is always overtaken by the light. And this is a biblical principle. Remember that verse I read earlier in the podcast, John 1, 5 from the New Living Translation, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So though there's a lot of darkness in this world, the darkness is not more powerful than the light. And that's not just true of ordinary light versus ordinary darkness. That's true 
of the light of Christ versus spiritual forces of evil and darkness in this world. And that's why it's so important that we let our light shine into the darkness of this world. Consider also how light prevents danger. Uh, As an example, I was thinking, this is why a lot of people get motion lights installed on their house. Light prevents criminals from targeting a certain house, and light also helps us see existing danger coming. Like, that could range from serious danger, uh, like maybe if you were in the jungle and there was a lion lurking nearby, you're going to be thankful to have some light and you can see that lion as opposed to being in darkness and not realizing that. Or even like superficial danger, light uh, is helpful in preventing you from getting hurt in, in little things day to day. When my daughter Carolyn was about two years old, my husband went away on a business trip and my sister Katie came and spent the night at our house for like a girl's night. I think, I don't know, I know Katie was pretty young. She wasn't married with kids or anything yet. So it was just the three of us. And I have a nice big king size bed. So we all kind of snuggled in there together. And I don't remember, we probably watched movies. Who know? Who knows what we did? But um, as we turned out the lights, you know how you first turn out the light and it's like super dark when you first turn out the light. So that was kind of the situation. Katie couldn't see anything. And Carolyn was kind of laying there in between us. Uh, She was excited that her aunt Kate was there. And uh, next thing you know, Carolyn like kicked Katie like straight in the face, right into her open eyeball, which I'm sorry if that makes some of you squeamish, but it was awful. Katie didn't even close her eye or like blink or shield herself at all because she couldn't see anything coming. And Carolyn really, I mean, she kicked her hard. It was, she was really hurt. But I mean, on, in the grand scheme of life, I mean, her eye was fine. Thank the Lord. Um, but that, you know, that's not as dangerous as maybe a lion, but still, I mean, just some light really uh, helps us to see danger coming big or small. Light also helps us to see and recognize people. It helps us to recognize and discern others, but this is interesting. It also helps us to see ourselves. Think about if I have a blemish on my face. Light helps me to see my flaws because we all have blemishes. We all have flaws, but I'm sure if you're like me, you probably know some people who think they don't have any flaws. But you can see their flaws, but they don't think they have any. And I think we're all kind of like that to some degree. I mean, not that we're completely not self-aware, but I don't think any of us can see ourselves clearly apart from the light of Christ. And um, that might there might be something <laughs> that we've got going on that is super obvious to someone else, but we don't even know it's an issue because apart from the light of Christ, we can't see ourselves. Um, light also enables us to appreciate art and beauty more fully. I believe it helps us to see details in the world around us that we would otherwise miss. Light helps us to move with confidence. Imagine walking through your living room in complete darkness. You know, I'm sure you could get from one side to the other, but you wouldn't walk with the same confidence as you would if you had the benefit of light, and then take it a step further and imagine walking through an obstacle course or any new terrain 
in like complete darkness, like how hard that would be to move with confidence. So light helps us to move freely and progress in our lives with confidence. And the last example I'm going to give you uh, today is that light also gives life. Imagine trying to grow a garden without light. Imagine our planet without light. Light sustains the life of so much of our world. We need light for life. And the light of Christ is the source of our life. John 1.4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light of Christ doesn't just give us life. It gives us an abundant life. In John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And to be clear, when Jesus is talking about abundant life here, he's not talking about the prosperity gospel. He's not talking about a world in which you live for God and everything goes your way, because that's not at all what the scripture teaches us. I mean, think of Jesus himself. His life of perfect obedience led him to death on a cross. And we are told in scripture that we are to pick up our own cross and follow him. God's word does not promise us a life on easy street. And in fact, the Bible teaches us that in this world, we will have trouble. But scripture also teaches us that regardless of what this life brings, when we have the light of Christ, we are promised peace that passes all understanding, faith that can move mountains, and the promise and hope of eternal life in Christ. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. We can't be apathetic about letting our light shine because the light is the source of our hope. And maybe now more than ever, our world is desperate for hope. And the third reason why I didn't always just naturally let my light shine is probably the most personal reason I'm going to share with you today. And that was a fear of exposure, a fear of being judged. Um, of others seeing my flaws, and some pride that was associated with putting myself out there. Uh, At the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned a tweet from Beth Moore, and interestingly, there were actually two additional tweets from Beth around that same time that God also used to really get my attention. And the first tweet said, we have to put ourselves out there and actually use our gifts to develop our gifts. The vulnerability is part of the victory. The second tweet said, some of the most gifted people on the planet will never be effective for the gospel because they're too set on being great to do any good. Whoa, (laughs) okay, I'm gonna read them again. We have to put ourselves out there and actually use our gifts to develop our gifts. The vulnerability 
is part of the victory. Some of the most gifted people on the planet will never be effective for the gospel because they're too set on being great to do any good. (laughs) Okay, so even as I read these to you guys now, they just like hit me right between the eyes. I obviously these were these um, tweets resonated with me right away. Um, but I, I'm not sure that I completely understood why I've had some time to reflect on that. And I think the first one um, really struck a chord because it's speaking about this idea of being vulnerable, as we kind of put our gifts out there and this fear of what other people are going to think or say. The second tweet seemed to talk more about maybe an issue of pride um, that, you know, I, I have since become aware uh, had taken root in my heart where there's this idea like where maybe you think you're too good um, to put yourself out there or you can at least continue to be a legend in your own mind unless you you know, really make a go of something and try to do some good. And I don't know if um, any of you can relate to having simultaneous feelings of fear and pride. I do think the two often go together, but this was probably uh, the biggest obstacle for me in starting this podcast. And I guess that's why Jesus's words in Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16 were really penetrating my heart. Because there were times in my life, you know, when lack of light and feelings of apathy were major obstacles to me in being the light of the world. But lately, I had to confront the fact that it was both my own fear and pride that were actually standing in the way of my obedience to Jesus's directive that I let my light shine. Um, Isaiah 54.4 says, Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. That verse is a great comfort to me. There's also lots of verses in the Psalms where David just cries out to the Lord that he would not let his servant be put to shame. And I don't know. I don't think I read those verses with much interest before. Um, But when you do make yourself vulnerable, um, I think a verse like Isaiah 54.4 really uh, is comforting. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Maybe you get that. <laughs> Maybe not. But wherever you are in your faith journey, I hope that you've been able to relate to some of the reasons I shared here today. I hope that you've been encouraged by some of the truths that we've discussed, and that this week you'll be thinking and praying through ways that God might want you to let your light shine. Because listen, uh, not everyone out there has to do a podcast. If you're thinking, if this is what Amy means about letting our light shine, forget it. No, that's definitely not what I mean. Some of you may be led to start a podcast or write a book or blog or take on some kind of teaching role, but public speaking is not the only way to shine. We were all created and gifted uniquely, and God wants you to shine in the way he created you to shine. But of course, to know how he wants us each to uniquely shine and to be the light, 
We've got to have the light of life. We've got to have Jesus. That means we've got to stay connected to Jesus, like grapes are connected to a vine. One of my life verses is John 15, 5, which says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In deciding to do this, I had to set aside my fear of what other people would think, what other people would say, how other people would respond. And I had to make myself vulnerable and be comfortable with letting my imperfections come into the light. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 um, says, He, the Lord, uh, it's Paul speaking, saying, He, the Lord, he means the Lord, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What that means is, when we put ourselves out there, our weaknesses are going to show. But God says, in our weaknesses, that is where he is strong. Our weaknesses are where his power is made perfect. So we should not be ashamed of our weaknesses. I also had to set aside my pride, again, which I think is often so intertwined and connected to fear. And I had to get over myself and my inflated ego and do a little good. You know, my podcast might not be the best podcast in the history of all podcasts. And I might misspeak here and there, and I'm sure that my Philly accent is in full effect. Oh, well, <laughs> I had to get over it. And you've got to get over it too. We've all got to get over it. James 4.14 says, What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Whether we like to think about this or not, the reality is we don't have much time here. That's why David in Psalm 90.12 pleads with God to teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And that's why Ecclesiastes 7.2 says, It is better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. Did you hear that? It's better to go into a house where people are mourning than it is to go into a house where people are feasting. For death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. We don't have much time here. So we don't want to waste our time hiding our light. I don't know about you, but when I, I think about Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, I can't help but think of that song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's not just a song for the kids. According to Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, that's a word for us too. Okay, so we've come to the end of episode two of Amy on the Hill. Thanks again for listening. Before we close, I want to share one last real life example from a friend who is letting her light shine. A listener who is a friend of mine has a darling special needs daughter, 
And when she heard what we were going to be discussing this week, she wrote in to say that God has often used difficult times in her journey with her daughter to make her light shine brightest. And that's something that we were talking about today, the fact that in our weaknesses, often that's when God allows his strength and his power to show. So um, I just thought it was so neat that she wrote in. I wanted to share that with all of you. Another cool thing she said was that God often does this and she doesn't even realize it at the time. So I thought that was really neat. And uh, I really appreciated the fact that she wrote in. If you're listening and you have something to add, please feel free to send me a message or question about our discussion this week. Or if you have something to add to the topic for next week, I'd love to hear your tips so I can incorporate those into our discussion next week as well. Um, If I don't you know, get permission from you. I didn't know that I was going to share um, what she wrote in until I kind of started to create the podcast for this week. And I didn't get a chance to ask her permission if I could share her name. So I'm not sharing her name and I won't share your name without permission either. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, but if you do have anything you want to add for next week, please write it in. Kelly should be here next week. Cross your fingers. And uh, I'm hoping that she and I can discuss some easy tips for incorporating more life-giving habits into your day-to-day. And we're not going to be talking about huge changes. We're going to start with easy changes that hopefully will help you in your day-to-day. So if you have anything that you want to share, please let me know. Um, Kelly and I, if you know us, we are about the biggest nutcases you could ever meet. And so the stuff that we're going to share for us has really worked for us. And we're hoping that since it works for us, Hopefully it will work for most, if not all, of you as well. I also want to remind you, or if this is your first time listening, I want to let you know to be sure and grab a copy of Tim Keller's book entitled Jesus the King. You can buy this book wherever you buy your books. You can get it on your Kindle, whatever you like to do. Again, the book is called Jesus the King by Tim Keller. And you'll want to grab a copy of that book because in the weeks leading up to Easter during the season of Lent, we're all going to be reading through this book together. So I'm going to give you a reading schedule and then you can read along and then listen in to our discussion of our reading each week or even participate if you want to write in or call in. Uh, It's kind of going to be like a virtual book club here on the podcast. And we've still got several weeks until we start that. So you can still get in on it. Um, I just think it's going to be a great way uh, to prepare our hearts as we approach Good Friday and then Easter Sunday as our Jewish friends begin to prepare for Passover. I just, I'm really excited um, about us being able to focus on the season. And so if you're interested in something like that, please grab a copy of that book. Um, If you forget the title or something, you're out at the store during the week and you want to pick it up and you can't remember what it is, you can look it up on my website, amyonthehill.com, and you will find the title under the resources section of my website. So you always have that available to you as well. Okay, that concludes the podcast. Once again, I'm going to conclude with a benediction from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. So please receive this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.